Angie Dundee, Ali's trainer, right next to me is saying it. You may hear him. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory A-count, and Foreman is as poised as can be in a neutral corner. He is... One week before the fight, Foster is seen here training. This could be Bob's toughest title defense in the four years that he's been World Light Heavyweight Champion. Foster won the title with a spectacular one-punch KO over Dick Tiger in New York City four years ago. Welcome to Zoot's Boxing Talk, the boxing show where we bring you sweet science straight up with no twist. And how's everybody doing out there this evening, Thursday, April the 20th, 2017? We have a lovely show planned for you this evening. Scheduled to appear as Tony Lewis. And matchmaker extraordinaire, Zach Familio, a little bit later on, will be going ringside with Jeff Bumpus. And uh, a couple of things, a couple of strange things happened uh, to me prior to trying to get the show ready. And uh, uh, normally I do the show on uh, my desktop computer, use the online services or whatever, blog, talk, radio, media computer, usually use my desktop Get home, get home a little later than usual today, so that's already nerve-wracking. And uh, I try and turn my desktop on and nothing. No power whatsoever. Uh, no power outage, everything else that's there. Lights are on, router light is on, table, whatever. Nothing, no juice from the desktop. So I'm doing this show for the first time ever from my laptop, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it sounds... Uh, up to par, and there are no major problems, but uh, I can't blame Blog Talk Radio for my desktop not turning off. Oftentimes, you hear my ire when uh, things don't work well, but uh, let's see how this goes. And, uh, enough about that. We'll be talking with Tony Lewis in just uh, a few minutes, but before we get there, we were not on the air last week. It was a planned week off. I don't remember if I had said that on the air or not. But it was a planned week off for me. Uh, so let's talk about some salient points in the world of boxing since uh, I last was on the air. And we'll start with uh, Vasil Lomachenko as he had a dominant performance over Jason Sosa. And a lot was talked about this fight. A lot has been talked about in terms of Lomachenko. And, uh, you know, since he's been this decorated amateur, one of the best amateur records of all time, amateur pedigree comes right in there, fights for a title shot, fights against top competition, and uh, he's been on a roll. Obviously, dominated Gary Russell, uh, made Nicholas Walters uh, quit, 
And obviously, what he did to Jason Sosa, nobody else has been really able to do. Sosa had well, one blemish on his uh, record, but uh, that was a long time ago, and Sosa has been on a pretty good roll. And in, in the last two fights, if we're going to be brutally honest, uh, Lomachenko chased Jason Sosa and Nicholas Walters out of the ring. I hear these old, old-timers saying all the time, oftentimes they pick a guy they did they never probably even seen. Uh, there's no footage on today for us to see. And they say, oh, this, this one will chase Floyd Mayweather out of the ring. This one will chase that one out of the ring. But Lomachenko uh, well, chased two very good prize fighters of today out of the ring. And that might be a little bit uh, harsher on uh, Sosa because he really didn't want to quit. And he was really trying as opposed to Walters who got a little bit more heat for what people deemed as him quitting. But bottom line is those are two very skilled fighters and they couldn't really do much against Lomachenko. Now, a lot of people were on Lomachenko for all of the showboating that he was doing. And I'm not a fan of showboating or clowning uh, of any sense. But again, you know, if you love guys like Muhammad Ali and Prince Nassim and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, and you, you know, those guys clown too. Those guys showboat. Those guys uh, look for ways to embarrass their opponents in the ring. And there's a whole host of other fighters to do it. Not making that as an excuse. I don't like it when any fighter does it. But let's not get too carried away just because Lomachenko does done it. And people don't like Lomachenko being compared to some all-time greats. Jim Lampley uh, is talking how uh, Jay Russell Peltz, the guy I've had, I've had on the show numerous times, did not like the fact that Lomachenko has been called by a lot of people the greatest amateur fighter of all time. What about Lazo Pop, Mr. Peltz has said. And heaven forbid some of these old-timers with the comparisons to Willie Pep losing their minds there. But, uh, yeah, not saying all of it is not warranted. Obviously, Lomachenko has a long way to go before he could be compared to Willie Pep in terms of a career. But if you can't identify and appreciate the skill and appreciate a guy that wants to fight anybody, I mean, so about I'm there. What's wrong with Lomachenko? Lomachenko's great for the sport in that aspect. Spoke briefly with Mr. Bumpus about this, and he's going to give his take on uh, Lomachenko a little bit later. And I don't know everything that Jeff is going to say. I don't want to spoil what I do know, but a little teaser is I don't think his thoughts are going to be so much in keeping with mine, but we'll see. We'll see. Next next point I want to make, uh, another good-looking prospect, a little bit under the radar in terms of uh, status as far as Lomachenko goes, but a good-looking light heavyweight took center stage on Showbox since we were last on the air. Dimitri Bible, who improved his record to 10-0 with eight KOs with a dominant performance over Samuel Clarkson, Clarkson sorry, in that fight, uh, was pretty uh, enjoyable to watch. Uh, you see this young uh, uh, fighter develop, uh, still a little bit one-dimensional, also a little bit of tele- telegraphs his punches a little bit, and they alluded to that on the telecast. But uh, good-looking, 
uh, power from this guy, and you see a lot of potential fun in the light heavyweight division with guys like Betabita. Of course, you have uh, Kovalov and Ward doing things again. Joe Smith Jr. is working around. He'd be a fun fight. Fun far is looking to get back on track. And obviously, Adonis Stevenson will fight once every blue moon against a guy you probably don't really want to see. But uh, he's still fun to watch, too. So keep an eye on Bible. And, and uh, speaking of guys who are very talented, who a lot of people don't want to watch, uh, it's just been announced that uh, Rigandau, Guillermo Rigandau, will be on the undercard of Ward Kovalov, the pay-per-view, and he's going to be facing Moises Flores. Now, uh, Rigandau was supposed to fight on the undercard of... Uh, Drawing a blank now. Was it a Cotto, was it a Cotto fight? Uh, a recent pay-per-view that was canceled. I think it was Cotto and Kirk, James Kirkland. That's it. Cotto and James Kirkland. And it might have even been the same opponent, Flores. Now, Rick and now is a guy who well, I'll be the first to admit. He's been in some fights that were, that were uh, pretty much agony to steal Zach's uh, phrase, as he'll be on a little bit later to watch. But for the most part, I've watched mostly every single Rick and now fight. And for the most part, I mean, the guy's not boring to me. I mean, the, the Abeko fight and some others uh, were pretty brutal, but oh, great skill, has a pretty good knockout percentage. Uh, but uh, people like HBO and other you know, HBO dumped him, and he gets a bad rap, uh, not because he's not a good fighter, but he's too good and he's not really exciting in the minds of a lot of people. Uh, and uh, he spoke, uh, I think this was from a quote from today's press conference, and uh, this is uh, a Rigandau quote. He says, some say I'm not exciting, but it's all, but it's not my fault that all, that once my opponents feel my power, they start running and start throwing punches. Regardless of that, I'm going to give them what they want. I will be standing in the middle of the ring, toe-to-toe, and putting on a show for the fans. This is where I'll show the world what my fans got to see in my last fight in the UK against James Dink- Dickens. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he's not a runner. I don't think he, he's a guy who definitely has power. He stopped guys, broken guys' jaws, and and, and the such. So uh, certainly uh, a guy I think is very uh, much underappreciated. One of the best talents that we have in boxing today, and should not be. Uh, subject to just fighting on undercards of pay-per-view. He should be out there a little bit more. Why Why he, he's not? And from what I hear, he's a little bit of a peculiar bird in terms of the contract negotiations and all of that. So that's, the, that's that side of it. But I, I can't tell you how much I disagree with HBO for not wanting to feature this guy. And uh, we'll see. He's back on an undercard of a big rematch, although the first... Uh, Kovalev Ward fight, and I say Kovalev Ward because I thought Kovalev was the clear winner, uh, did not do so well in terms of pay-per-view numbers, so we'll see what the rematch does there. Uh, another uh, salient point I want to make, this was a fight that was not aired on American television, but it was on YouTube. I don't know if it still has been taken down since, but uh, took place overseas, and it was uh, Terry Flanagan defending his lightweight title against Peter Petrov, and uh, this is a good segue into uh, Mr. Lewis, who's going to be on in a few minutes. 
And uh, it, it was a fight I thought Petrov fought very well, and I thought it was a very close fight. I didn't sit there and scientifically score it, but I certainly thought Petrov was uh, racking up a lot of rounds, especially those middle rounds, four, five, six, seven. He, he, I thought he was doing the better work, uh, landing the harder shots. Uh, the uh, British telecast was pretty hard on him, saying that, you know, one punch at a time, not a lot of combinations. But uh, Flanagan wasn't setting, setting the world on fire with combinations. I'll tell you who was, Tony Lewis, and we'll talk to him about that fight soon. But uh, when the scorecards were read, I was, horrified. I was horrified. One judge gave Flanagan a shutout, scored every single round for him. And another judge had it, I think, 118-110 or 118-111, somewhere there. So, uh, you know, that means Flanagan only lost two rounds on that card. The other one, I think, was 116-112, a little bit closer. But uh, I thought Petrov had a good claim to win that fight. So I'm not, I'm not sure how many uh, other people, especially here in America, saw because it wasn't televised. But, uh, you know, big high-profile fight, a lightweight title fight. And some very bad scorecards, I felt. When we come back, we're going to be with, talking with a fighter who didn't need to worry about the scorecards. And his big win Saturday in Cornwall. That's right, Mr. Tony Lewis right after Boxing Talk, the boxing show that gives you a sweet science straight up with no twists. And Tony, as I said, uh, just came off a, a very successful fight. First fight in his hometown in Canada. It was a great card from start to finish, but Tony was the reason why people showed up. Tony was the headliner, and Tony was head and shoulders uh, above his opponent, who gave it his all, no Nunes. Naturally bigger guy, big hard puncher, but Tony was dominant from start to finish, and he improves his record to 23-3, and three, although it probably should be uh, only one loss on that scorecard. Definitely uh, one, the red catch fight is definitely a robbery. The Derry Matthews fight, uh, you know, you could certainly make an excellent claim for Tony winning that fight as well. But his official record is 23 and. Three with eight KOs, and he puts the lightweight division on notice once again. Welcome back to the show, Tony. How are you? I'm very good, man. It's nice to be back on Zoot's Boxing Talk. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you know, you're a guy that I've admired uh, for a while now, and it, it's good to see you uh, be a guy who's fighting in his hometown, getting uh, top billing, uh, good crowd turnout and a marvelous performance after a full training camp. I mean, uh, nothing, nothing could be better at this point, can it? 
Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, from here it's it's onwards and upwards. I'm finally, uh, I finally have, uh, I seem to have the promotional backing that uh, have every intent to uh, want to make me the eighth side and give my career a, a proper push uh, in the right direction it's needed to be, and not just, um, not just, uh, not just uh, beating me out to the highest bidder for a short notice, low pay for. You know, have gloves will travel at any given notice. It's nice to be finally being treated like a like a, a genuine world class fighter, being given proper time, proper notice to train. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's great. I mean, fr- from here, uh, look, I, I want another world title shot. I want to do whatever I can to get another chance at a world title. That's uh, that's the big goal at the end of the line. All right, before we get into the fight Saturday, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about. Uh, you know, being the life of a B-side fighter, if you will, having to take fights on short notice, not having the benefit of full camp. I mean, you were front and center in that, in the, the biggest fight you could possibly get, uh, a portion of the lightweight championship against Derry Matthews. You took that fight on four days' notice, a championship fight for all the marbles. Now... Obviously, you did what you had to do, but that's not how it's supposed to be done in this sport, is it not? No, I, I, absolutely not. I mean, uh, when I look back on that fight now, I mean, I uh, I see mistakes. It's uh, I've I've been sharper. I mean, my my technique could have been sharper. The game plan definitely um, was 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 not polished, and um, you know, it, it took it took me a few rounds to really get going in that fight, and I think. Um, uh, and when you're in the guy's backyard with that much at stake, uh, sometimes that, that's just enough for them to give him the benefit of the doubt, to uh, to give him the decision. But I mean, I'm 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 more than convinced that had I been given a a, a full training camp with uh, you know proper time to get ready for this guy and his style and get there ahead of time too to get there to to, to get there in England earlier so I can get past the jet lag and uh, and shake off. Uh, shake off all of that stuff. I mean, I, there's no question on my mind that I could have won a more convincing victory and bring that belt home. But at the same time, it is what it is, and the benefit of it being on TV is that, you know, pe- pe- people across the globe, you know, between between over here and uh, and over in England, they get to make up their own minds, and, uh, and they, you know, so I know it didn't hurt my stock. It didn't hurt my credibility. It's just now it's, um, you know, I just I just want another chance. That's all. Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, there were, you certainly could have been called the winner in that fight, and nobody would have, uh, you know, said a robbery. He certainly had a good claim to win that fight, but uh, just an odd circumstance that you don't want to put yourself in. Again, we get that. But uh, talk a little bit about preparation for your fight Saturday against uh, No Nunes, a big, rugged Mexican fighter, straight ahead, much bigger guy, naturally of welterweight. Uh, before going into the fight, you knew what you were expecting from him, but how did you prepare? Did you, uh, in terms of sparring and, and uh, actually studying this guy, did you watch a lot of film? What was the preparation like for this fight? Yeah, I did watch uh, some film of him, and, um, and uh, you know, sometimes I try not to read in too much into what I see on tape because you never know if the guy's going to bring in something a little different or add a wrinkle to his game to to get ready for your, you know, for your style. But, um, he pretty much came as advertised. Uh, you pretty much hit it on the head. You know, he was he was tall, he was strong, he was naturally a bigger, good puncher, and he was basically coming in the bang away. And uh, 
use his size, get him to stand in front of him long enough and catch me, you know. So I had to, um, uh, I had a little bit of, you know, one of, one of, I had a bit of everything for sparring. I was going to Grand Brothers Gym in Montreal, uh, uh, you, you know, usually two mornings a week getting in sparring with their pros. Jeez, uh, you know what, I was, one guy in particular that I was getting a lot of rounds in with and got in some really good work was, um, he goes by the name Mohamed Sumaro. He's a junior welterweight. He made his pro debut in Montreal with a first-round knockout just a week before my fight. Uh, very good prospect on the come-up. Um, you know, very bright future ahead of him. And uh, uh, he gave me some pretty good work. We got each other ready, each uh, respectively, for our bouts. And uh, I also, sp- you know what, I was even sparring with, oh, another another lightweight from that gym. He's now 9-0 and with four knockouts, a, a lightweight by the name of uh, Golden Garcia. His style resembled a little bit more of, uh, of what Nunez was going to bring than, than Mohammed. I'd say Mohammed Samara was more, more well-rounded, maybe a bit of a better technical boxer and a little bigger and stronger, but Golden Garcia's style was, uh, was really a mirror image of, um, of Nunez's. And I even sparred Jojo Dan while I was up there, just in case there was going to be a, a last-minute switch up with opponents. And I always say, mm-hmm. you know, he's a southpaw. And I always, one of my dad's famous sayings goes, if you can, if you can, uh, if you can get your timing right with a southpaw in the gym, then you can time anybody. You know. So um, I was even mm-hmm. uh, once in a while getting in some rounds with Jojo. Again, he he had a fight coming up too, so we were all helping each other out. And then at my home gym, we had our middleweight who was on the undercard, Ronnie Robidu. Uh, we were sparring quite a bit, and uh, that's always a good confidence booster for me too. When I know, when I can spar a guy like him, you know, a, a, a full-fledged uh, junior middleweight, middleweight, and I, I can take what he's got to bring. I mean, I know my guy's not going to be bigger and stronger than Ronnie, you know. Um, and I'd also gotten in some really good work with uh, Castillo Clayton, who was also uh, the co-feature to me, uh, 2012 Olympian, uh, Walter Waite. So uh, we had lots of good sparring for this fight, lots of different styles. So um, I, I was I was ready for anything. All righty, and, and when the fight began, you started off aggressive. Uh, you were feigning a jab, but you were closing that distance. It's something you probably had to do against a uh, taller, longer guy, and, and you did it well. You were backing him up. You, you started getting him, uh, you know, pushing him and uh, bullying him on the ropes. I mean, landing very uh, devastating body shots, which. All of that had to be the game plan coming in, I'm assuming. But were you surprised about how easily you were be, you were able to pin him on the ropes? Big, strong, natural, uh, bigger guy. Yeah, I was um, I was playing it by ear. I mean, th- th- that was the plan. Eventually, I didn't know how how early I was going to get to do that. So um, I was just playing it by ear when I got there. I mean, the, uh, I saw that he was going for my feints. And um, and that I could I could win the outside game and move in with my with my speed, and then from there start fighting my fight. And um, once I got inside, I mean, part of the reason I was able to back him up, and uh, and 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 get him on the ropes was even though I was giving away some size was because sometimes punchers like him they need room to punch they need space to get that leverage to uh, mm-hmm. to get velocity on their shots and I wasn't giving him that space I was burying my head on his chest and uh, I was smothering him while I was still getting work done. And uh, I'm, I'm a physically strong guy. I mean, everybody looks at my knockout ratio, and I know I'm not the biggest puncher, but people confuse strength with power all the time. And even though I'm not the most powerful puncher, I'm a strong lightweight. And, um, and I'm physical in there. I'm not afraid to get rough, and I, I, I can't, you know, I'm not going to get pushed around. 
Yeah, definitely. And you were pushing around uh, Nunez, uh, no doubt. And going in, uh, watching the film, you, you probably picked up on the fact that he can't fight a lick backing up. So that was also in your advantage as well. And anytime you were having backing him up, he was not effective at all. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And, um, I mean, uh, I, uh, I I discovered that whenever whenever I fought Redcatch, who, who was a good puncher himself, I, I realized real quick this guy can't fight backing up, and he can't he can't fight with the lick on the inside. Once I take away that range, he's 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 no longer dangerous. But I mean, this time, you know, like as you saw in this fight, and for instance, when I also fought Dargan, I I had a referee who was allowing me to fight inside, and who, who you know who who appreciated and encouraged them inside work. I mean, he wasn't uh, there was no quick breaks. He let us uh, fight and punch our way out. And um, unless there was going to be any flagrant holding or clinching, he wasn't looking to interfere with the action. I mean, that that plays a huge role in uh, in what direction the fight's going to go. Right, yeah, and that's an excellent point, and it brings me back to the fight I was talking about before I had you come on with Flanagan and Petrov, and it was just the opposite in that fight. Whenever oh, Petrov my. got inside or against the rub, did you see that fight? They, they were broken oh, immediately. Oh man, I, I was I stopped watching. I think after the ninth, tenth round, I forced myself to watch about ten rounds, and then finally I had to turn it off because I was pissed, man. I could see where the fight was going. I was disgusted with the the British commentating, as usual, horribly biased uh, oh, to the hard. hometown fighter. And I mean, you know, like yeah, okay, Flanagan. You could say Flanagan won a, a sound decision, but it was a very competitive fight, and two of the scorecards had him pitching a shutout. Like really, you know, like. We're, how do you, where do you get those scores? And, I mean, I thought Petrov would be doing really good work inside. And then, you know, the referee's going in there breaking, and Flanagan's bitching and, and, and whining like a bitch, you know, complaining about his head. And, and it didn't want anything to do with Petrov on the inside. And he's whining, complaining, and the referee's giving in to every little whim and, and enabling Flanagan so he can uh, fight his fight and, and be as comfortable as possible. I'm like, man, you know what, like... I want a world title shot. I want to fight the title holders out there. But I'll be honest. I'll say it right now, right here on the record. The one I'd be, the one title holder I'd be least looking forward to is fighting, is Flanagan for for two reasons. One, I'll, I'll give it to him. He, you know, he's tall. He's rangy. He's a southpaw. He's a counter puncher. He doesn't care if the fight's exciting or not. Um, he's just gonna do what he's got to do to win, and he'll sit and wait all night. I mean, that's a difficult style for anybody. But that's nothing I haven't seen before, and that wouldn't make me shy away from fighting him. What makes me second-guess wanting to fight him is the fact that they protect him over there in England, and I know I won't get a fair shake if I go. So if you guys are going to offer me mm-hmm. that fight, A, give me proper notice, get me there ahead of time, and the pay better be good because I know that I know what kind of wall i got to climb once I'm up there because I'm fighting the politics, the referee, and the judges all at once. as i got to deal with Flanagan too because especially with my style, they protect him down there. They don't favor my kind of style of boxing at all. And uh, they'll do anything they can to give the to give him the edge, you know. So it's uh, mm-hmm. you know eventually if he wants a big fight and fight one of the other big names in the division, he's hopefully they're going to eventually force him to come out of England because there's no way they would they would allow uh, they would allow that same kind of fight uh, here in North America. Definitely, definitely. So let's get back to your fight as you were pounding. Uh, that long body, beautiful body punches, combinations upstairs. Uh, a couple of times in the fight, you, you shook your left hand. The announcers on the on the live stream, uh, Mark Abrams, 
was wondering uh, if you hurt your hand. They didn't really ask you that from what I saw after the fight. Uh, was there any hand problems in that fight, Tony? Uh, no, for, fortunately there wasn't. Uh, yeah, a, a couple times I'll, I'll you know, second-guessing because I've hurt my left hand before. I started having problems uh, with my left hand when I when I fought Dargan. Um, I, I heard that I started feeling my hand, um, uh, you know, uh, hurt and uh, it, it started getting, um, I remember in the fourth or fifth round of that fight, I started feeling my hand, um, you know, seizing up in pain, but I just remember my adrenaline was through the roof and, I mean, the left hand was working was working great for me that fight, so I said, there, there's no way I'm going to stop using it. You know, I'll, I'll deal with the consequences later, but I'm going to keep using this hand. But, um, and I was also nervous, too, because in Ontario, uh, they only allow one roll of gauze per hand uh, before the fight. So, uh, that's, again, that's, uh, that's really, uh, that really hampers the fighter because, um, you know, right, the, you know, the hands are our tools and the gauze is there for our protection. <laughs> It's not there, you know. We're, yeah. we're not patting the knuckles, you know what I mean? To, uh, we're, not, we're not adding plaster. We're talking about gauze. But uh, luckily, yeah. there was no hand problems, and um, I'm good to go, and I, I'd be ready to fight again in no time. Now I'm not sure. I, the announcers talked about the, the gauze as well, uh, but maybe I was dreaming. Uh, maybe this is something else because I, I watch a lot of fights. It might have been from an older fight, but I, I thought I heard them say that. Oh, in, in Canada, you weigh in the same day as the fight. Maybe that was from an old fight I watched uh, during no, the week in another. Was that, was that it correct? sounds like it'd be a dream, dream, right? It, it was, right. and it was real. That's true. We weighed in uh, the morning of the fight. They're one of the last few commissions in the world, uh, as far as I know of, that I can't think of another one, actually, and I've, I've fought in a lot of different places, that uh, that still allows same-day weigh-ins. That's why we agreed to have this fight at a catch weight of... Um, 139 because uh, I I have no problem making 135 but I'm not I'm not going to do it the day of the fight. Right, right. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up because it's been a busy week for me and sometimes I think I eat things and it didn't happen or it, I get it mixed up. But thank you for clearing that up. So one of the other things about the fight, Tony, was that fourth round where it appeared you hit. Nunez with a low blow, he went down. The referee certainly treated it like a low blow, gave him time to recover. I never heard a count. Uh, it seemed like he even warned you after uh, Nunez was ready to continue. And that was when Nunez probably showed the biggest aggression of the whole fight. It looked like he was angry by the blow. But then uh, in the middle of the of the, pri- the, the second, the next round, I should say, uh, Abram says that the, one of the judges says the referee ruled that a knockdown. So can you clear that up for us? Well, um, I'm, I'm not sure if they officially called it a knockdown or not, but but I do remember he he did officially start counting when, when he first went down, and uh, it looked like it was going to be a knockdown. But then one of the ringside officials uh, corrected him and uh, told him it's a low blow, and that's whenever he stopped the count and he gave uh, he gave Nunez some time to recover. So I don't know if it was officially called a knockdown or not, but um, I, I know he did stop the count. And then he came up to me, and, um, uh, you know, he wasn't too forceful or nothing, because like I said, he didn't think it was low at first, and then a ringside official corrected him. So I just, uh, when he came up to me, he just told me, keep him up. He goes, uh, you know, just keep him up. Don't let that happen again. It wasn't nothing too forceful. There was no threats or nothing. Just just keep keep him up. Don't, uh, you know, just watch your punches and... Uh, that was it. I, I didn't say too much. I didn't protest. Uh, I don't know if they showed a replay or not on the live stream. Did they? 
No, they did not have any, any any replay. They didn't have the benefit of replay. That's why I, I'm not sure. They the live I, um, the live live stream did not have replay. I, I know I strayed a little bit low, but to be honest with you, I mean it wasn't it wasn't a flagrant low blow that that justified you know the 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 show that he put on. I mean I didn't hit him right on the cop. It was it was borderline, probably along the belt. If anything, maybe I, I, I might have hit his hip, but. Uh, Obviously, he was trying to, to to gain an edge and potentially, right. uh, you know, a get a breather. I know he was he was getting tired and the body shots were starting to wear on him. And uh, you know, sometimes fighters do that. You know, seasoned veterans they're they're looking to see if maybe there's a point deduction that I can suffer anything to get a to get a leg up in the scorecard and get a chance to rest a little bit and catch a second wind. And he obviously did, did catch a second wind. And I, I I was prepared for him to uh, to come at me hard the the way he did. I was. I figured he was gonna come at me hard like that and try to take me out, so I was I was ready for that. Yeah, and you showed that you had the ability to fight backing up, and, and you did well to avoid the barrage. You did look like you got throughout the fight a couple of uh, solid uh, punches in there. I mean, nothing sustaining, no devastating combination, but he did look like he touched you a little bit, and he's uh, you know. Obviously, uh, packaged as a bigger guy, a big puncher. Did you feel his power at all during the fight? Uh, yes, I did. He was a hard puncher, and uh, I, you know, I, I never got rocked or stunned with anything in particular because, um, you know, I, I I kept my defense tight, and even when he did catch me, I tried to, you know, I, the biggest thing was I tried to keep my head low at, at all times. So even when he did catch me, sometimes it was high on the head, and I wasn't giving away any sensitive areas like. Uh, my chin or behind the ear or the temple or nothing. I tried to keep tried to keep my gloves uh, glued to my head and keep that head moving and keep that head low, so so that I you know I wouldn't give it away any any real significant shots. But uh, you know the way I look at it for me, this was a personal a personal moral victory for me too because uh, this guy he I find uh, for me he really did mirror a lot of uh, uh, a lot of what Jose Hernandez brought to the table a few years ago. And uh, for me, I, I got to prove, you know, if anybody remembers that fight amongst fans and media, but most most importantly to myself, that, uh, you know, this that would have been a different fight uh, today compared to four years ago, you know, and I think I proved that on Saturday night. This guy was very much along the lines of a Jose Hernandez, and um, I, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to be a much more smarter, well-rounded fighter since then, you know, and because that fight has enabled me to perform the way I have, in uh, some more recent fights in the last couple of years. So, um, you know what, it, it it sucks that I had to lose that night to Hernandez the way I did, but it made me the fighter I am today. And, um, you know, I, I had to go through that to learn sometimes. Sometimes sometimes you you have to, to fail to really uh, appreciate and gain success. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And you certainly had a lot of success. Uh, Saturday evening, you showcased pretty much everything that you could uh, in terms of being versatile, in terms of showing, uh, you know, fighting from distance, closing distance, uh, combinations, hellacious body shots, and uh, towards the end of that sixth round, it was really apparent that you were draining Nunez from everything. Going back into the corner after the sixth round... Did you have any kind of premonition that he wasn't going to come out for the seventh? Uh, yeah, I did have a feeling. I thought they had already stopped the fight uh, when the bell rang. I thought the ref came in to stop it because he waved his hand and everything. But, uh, 
you know, it was just, I saw, okay, saved by the bell. I'm coming back to the corner. I'm getting ready to celebrate. And uh, one, of, one of my cornermen, uh, Jesse Thompson from Grand Boxing Gym, he, he said, sit the fuck down, settle down, settle down. And he goes, uh, none of that macho shit. The fight's not over yet. I'm like, oh, shit, I thought they stopped it. He goes, no, the fight's still going on. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, like maybe, maybe 10, 20 seconds go by, and uh, I'm looking over the corner. His corner while they're trying to give me instructions, my my father and Jesse and uh, and I'm like, man, I said uh, I think they're stopping it. You know, I saw him collapse to his knees and uh, and that was the end of it. So, but I had in my head that um, if he was going to come up for that seventh round, I, I knew he had no more legs anymore. I knew he didn't have legs, and I was going to put him away. I was going to finish him. Alrighty, good stuff there. And uh, obviously, great moment at the end. Uh, your your wife and your and your boy come in the ring and you address to the crowd. You can pay tribute to uh, Bob Miller. So talk a little bit about that for the, some fans who might not have seen it. Uh, wonderful moments there after the fight. Yeah, that was a that that was a very special night for me having having Bob sit there ringside. Bob has been, uh, you know, Bob's been involved in the sport forever, and he's he's worked with almost every notable fighter under the sun uh, along the East Coast uh, since the '80s. He promoted a lot of Mike Tyson's uh, first few fights in the early going, and uh, you know he he he's worked with everybody, like I said, alongside the East Coast uh, contenders and champions alike, from to, to club fighters, but. Um, He's helped a lot of youth in his time too, including Ronnie Rabadou, the uh, our, our local middleweight, my stablemate. Um, he was uh, he, he was uh, along with my father. He was a very key player in uh, turning Ronnie's life around and getting him back uh, on track again, back in the boxing, finishing school. He's also a full-time welder, and Bob had a lot to do with getting him to, to get his GED and uh, uh, prepare himself for life after boxing too, with uh, with a career. And uh, for me, Bobby's known me since I was a kid. I fought on a lot of his early amateur shows when I was coming up, and I won. Uh, I remember uh, one of the tournaments he hosted uh, years ago. One of one of the last amateur titles I won was the Eastern New York Golden Gloves title, and then I had qualified for the All States. But you know, I, I'm not an American citizen, so I I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to advance. But um, and Bob's been my cut man since I've been pro. And uh, he's been there from my highest of highs and lows to lows. He was there when I lost to Hernandez, but he was also there when I scored my scored my career best win over Carl Dargan and everything else in between. So when I, he got in a serious car accident last fall, and um, he, he lost use of he lost use of his legs and his arms, and, you know the prognosis is that he he may not walk again. So he was in a wheelchair, uh, you know, at ringside at my fight, and um, he's. He's been able to, through the physio and uh, rehab program that he's on, he's, so far he's been able to gain use of his right arm, and he's still trying to get uh, you know, use out of his left. But he's able to use his right arm, which is great, because you know, even if he's one-fingered Joe, he can still coordinate you know, phone calls and emails and everything and, uh, and uh, st- still, still delegate and conduct his boxing business from there, which is great, because if, if they took the boxing away from him, I mean, uh, that could kill him. You know? So I'm really grateful about that and it's a testament to his tenacity and his willpower that he's even able to gain use of anything from his body after the uh, at his age and the health that the the state of health that he was already in uh, on with with the devastating accident it's uh it's all it's already a minor miracle that he's um he's come as far as he has and uh i know he's still determined and hell-bent on uh 
uh, trying to get used of his other arms again. So, um, yeah, that was that was a tribute to him. Uh, that moment I took uh, to acknowledge him. I wore a sortie into the ring, which was a, a support Bob Miller. They got they got a GoFundMe campaign to help to go towards his medical bills. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, you know that's um, so so it was great to have him there, and, I, and it was I was happy that I had a, I got to have a chance to acknowledge him. Oh uh, yeah, it was definitely a nice moment. Uh, really was a, a fitting uh, closing to a wonderful night of uh, boxing. Uh, so now moving forward, you certainly have the lightweight division on notice. Give us a little bit of an evaluation of where you think that division is at. Certainly uh, a lot of big names at the top. We have some really uh, big talent uh, holding titles right now. Uh, the rumors of you fighting Verdejo, although on the telegast you uh, pulled out uh, Tom Frank and uh, spoke your mind about the prospects of that fight. Uh, give us a little bit of an overall uh, evaluation, and uh, if you had your choice, which title holder would you like to meet? I would love to fight Jorge Linares. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I was paying close, close attention to uh, to uh, the rematch with Coral and Linares, and um, I thought Linares fought a beautiful fight. Um, but, I, but you know, and I have a lot of respect for Coral as well as, as a person and as a fighter, and a, um, I thought he showed a lot of heart and he was very game. Obviously, he didn't do as well as he did the first time, but I think uh, that's credit to Linares. Linares, uh, Linares didn't seem to fade this time. And he was able to fight just as hard at the, the final bell as he did at the first bell. But um, I really saw things in there that I could capitalize on that I, I felt Crowley didn't. And um, I really think I can give Linares a, a long, hellacious night. And um, I think our styles would mesh well and produce a great fight for the fans. I think I deserve it. And um, obviously, I, th- I think uh, I th- the eye test tells me that Mikey Garcia is probably the number one guy in the division right now. Uh, you know, there's also Robert Easter. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a, he's a tall hill for anybody. You know, I mean, he, just with his height and reach alone, he's obviously, he's obviously a stiff challenge for, for anyone. But um, I'm open to fighting either any one of those guys. Um, I, I think, I think I'm in there with all of them. I think I got a chance on any given night to, uh, to come out the winner. And uh, you know, I just, whatever I got to do, keep lining them up. You know, you give me the right time. You give me enough time to prepare and. Uh, you know, as long as I got a heartbeat, I got a chance against anybody in the world. Bring it on. I'm not sure how much you and Verdejo, are. obviously, when I look, yeah, that Verdejo, I want badly. Um, that's uh, that's another fight. I, you know, I'm I'm itching. I get giddy when I get talking about it. And it's not because I think it's going to be an easy fight, but I'm just more, you know, the 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 the, the machine behind top rank in HBO, the way they hype this guy to be the next big thing. Um, it really eats at me because uh, <laughs> it makes me want to kick his ass, you know, because uh, I, I just want to burst their bubble and uh, crash the party and, and be like, I told you so, you know, but uh, I, I just uh, I just get the feeling they don't want that fight. Top rank has tried away. Uh, when we, we've made uh, numerous attempts to, um, to, uh, to offer ourselves up to fight him for the past year, and... Uh, you know, Brad, Brad Goodman just seems to be, he's pretty much said, you know, he's under the impression that, you know what, he didn't expect that I was going to perform the way he did against Dargan. So his whole mentality is, you know, why would it, why would we take that risk? I'm not going to, you know, they, they won't they won't fight me unless they absolutely have to. So that tells me that, look, you know, I, I got I to 
I need to get maneuvered up. I, I need to get ranked again uh, within the top ten and get close to knocking the door in that top five, line myself up for, for an eliminator or something, put myself in a position where uh, these guys have no choice, but they have to fight me. I understand that's what it's going to take. So, um, you know, that that's something that uh, my promoter and I have been discussing is, uh, you know, getting past all the political loopholes in this game and just keep lining them up and beating whoever they put in front of me. I mean, I fought four times since uh, my fight against Matthews. I've won every one of them, dominated every single fight, uh, you know, and... Um, what else more do I got to do to get these sanctioning bodies to uh, to uh, give me uh, give me a fair shake and give me a second chance again and put me put me into title contention? All right, we definitely want to see that. Any one of those uh, champions, you would uh, that, that would prove to be an excellent fight. Uh, in terms of what you think might be going on next, uh, when you will fight next, and possible opponents, if. Yeah, you can speculate on that. Please do. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the next step is going to be. I mean, um, you know, my my promoter and I followed up on Sunday morning, the the day after my fight, and we, um, you know, he 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 had said uh, he was he was going to give me the week to uh just uh, settle back in and uh, relax and savor the victory for a moment, and then uh, that he, you know he claimed his phone was ringing off the hook and that we we may have several different options on the table, and he was going to touch base with my father and I. Uh, once I got back in the gym, so you know this this week I've just been relaxing. To be honest, I, I feel good. I feel like getting back in the gym already, and already getting ready for the next one. But my, my dad's kind of been stepping in and just saying, you know, "Save the moment. Give yourself, give your body some time to rest." We had a long camp, and uh, relax. Take a week. You know what I mean? And uh, relax. Enjoy your time with your family. And uh, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll we'll get back in the gym in the next week or two, and uh, and uh, we'll sit down with our promoter and discuss the next step. So, but I mean, one 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 good thing, one relief, and one thing that's been guaranteed to me with uh, with LiveCo is that they, uh, unlike my my former promoter, I know I know I'm not going to be sitting on ice for uh, for months on end, wondering if I'm coming or going, and uh, you know, one you know, and losing any momentum that we gained off any signature victory. I mean, that that's been guaranteed that that's not going to happen this time around, and they. They intend to keep me busy, which is great because the more the more I'm fighting, the more I'm winning, and the more I'm in the public eye, the more and more of these uh, these sanctioning bodies and these other fighters and promoters can't ignore me. I mean, they 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 they, they can't uh, sweep me under the rug forever. Eventually, they're gonna they're gonna have to face me. All right, good stuff there, and we have uh, uh, Zach Familio coming up in about a minute or two, and. Uh... Uh, Tony, uh, actually, we're going to put Zach's mic now. So you, uh, you guys know each other, of course, so uh, you guys could uh, give each other hellos and congratulations. Zach was a big part of Saturday night as well. How you doing, buddy? Yes. How you, do- how you doing, Anthony? Doing great. Tony, your mic's open, too, so you can say hello. Zach, what's going on, man? <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> it's in the, uh, I've, I didn't get a chance to congratulate you because it was... Uh, it was kind of chaos over there, but uh, uh, I guess congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And um, uh, I don't know if you've been listening in or not, but uh, I've uh, I'm, I already want to get back in the gym. My dad's kind of been holding me down and uh, telling me to just to take at least a week to uh, you know let my body rest and get my mind together and everything and enjoy some time uh, at home with the family. But um, just want to let you know that I'm very much looking forward to getting back in the ring. 
and I hope uh, I hope this fight does something to get me higher, move it up into the rankings again to, for for something meaningful because um, I do uh, I do intend to want to score a, a bigger fight uh, later in the year, and I can't wait to get back in the ring again as soon as possible. Well, uh, I you know we uh, we talked about that actually the press conference. I know you were like, oh no, don't jinx me. <laughs> uh, you know, cause I, I think I was kind of looking past you, and you were like, "No, don't don't do that to me." But uh, uh, I, I, you know, obviously that's what we're looking for too, and I'm, you know, we're already the wheels are already turning on that. In fact, uh, uh, without revealing anything, you know, just yet because not, you know we've just gotten a couple initial offers, but there's already been one thing that's uh, brought to your dad's attention, and uh, all I can say about all I can say to, uh, to about uh, George or, or two Georges. Just keep him away from security guards. <laughs> it's an inside joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That's that was that was something else. Well, I have no apologies, so. <laughs> what are you talking about? It certainly sounds amusing. That's good. But uh. Good stuff there, Tony. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Uh, pleasure as always. Pleasure watching you fight. I look forward to seeing you back in the ring sooner rather than later. And now's the time for some closing remarks for you. Uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to uh, uh, to the fans out there that have continued to, uh, to support me. And uh, you know, for uh, you know, you, without you guys, I'm uh, I'm nothing. You know, you guys are the ones that keep the fighters. Um, uh, Alive and marketable, and um, and uh, make us feel like we're somebody, and, and make us feel like getting up every morning and getting on that daily grind, constantly looking to push myself and improve myself, and continue to evolve as a as a fighter. And I'm um, also gotta give a shout out to, to Zach and everybody over at Life Co Promotions for for giving me uh, a second boost in my career again, and uh, and adding some uh, you know giving my career a second wind and. Uh, giving me the chance and the platform to uh, give the world a reminder that I'm still one of the best lightweights in the world. And um, I'm, very, I'm very grateful for that and for giving me the chance to finally fight in front of my hometown. And, um, yeah, man, I, I love this game. I love the fight. I want to stay busy, and I can't wait to get back in the ring again as soon as possible. Thank you for having me, Anthony. Thank you. Pleasure is always mine, and I uh, look forward to speaking you, with you again soon. Tony Luis. Lightweight contender. Give this man a shot sooner rather than later. You have a good rest of your evening, Tony. Thank you. You too. Take care, my man. Ciao. All right. Thank you. And, uh, you know, since Zach's already up here, and uh, we won't take a break, we'll go right in with uh, Mr. Familio. Uh, I know he gets a little blushy when I talk to him about this. Uh, <laughs> matchmaker extraordinaire, as he is. And uh, now he's uh, working. Correct me if I'm wrong. Working exclusively with live cold boxing now at, at the moment, correct? Yes. All right. So uh, you had a big hand in the uh, card Saturday night in Cornwall from start to finish. It was a great night uh, of boxing. All, all of the A-side fighters won, but for the most part, they were all tested. All of the fights were entertaining. Uh, but most people don't know or don't think about uh, what it takes to make a card of that nature. So give us a little bit of the hell you had to go through uh, prior to Saturday evening, Zach. Uh, well, before I say anything, 
I think the first thing I want to say is that, uh, you know, uh, and I said this at the uh, press conference, which I, I don't normally do, but actually uh, kind of ran the press conference in a, you know, in a, in a kind of roundabout way because uh, I, you know, got the duty of introducing each fighter and saying a little something about it, about each guy. And uh, I made a point of saying that, uh, you know, I really, you know, kind of voluntarily took a backseat role uh, for this show because this was absolutely, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, not only Tony's baby, but Dennis Benoit, uh, you know, who's, uh, you know, uh, one of the co-promoters of the, of the show with, with Ron Sanderson. Uh, you know, this was his, this was his baby as big as it was Tony's cause he's also from Cornwall. So, you know, I kind of got out of the way and pushed paperwork and kind of was a, a bit of an office boy for this one because, you know, this was very important to him, very important to Tony. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually, the two heroes of this show were, were Dennis and, uh, and, uh, Marua boxing, which not that people, I mean, people know about, but, uh, basically a, uh, a Mexican operation that kind of has a unique niche, um, kind of <laughs> emblematic of the times because these guys have decided, well, we're not going to go to America. Because we got to, we need a visa to get into America, and you know, you know, America's got you know, kind of showing that we're not wanted, um, you know. And you can, you what? know, you can draw your own what? political conclusions to that. Um, so because of that, these guys have decided to gather up a lot of like opponent guys and you know, tough, scrappy Mexican fighters, and get them all, you know, take them to the consulate and get them all Canadian passports because you don't need a visa to get into Canada. You know, you need a visa to get into America. We're like the we're like the uh, the bizarro world version of of Canada. So um, you know, they get right in. So uh, these you know they they you know I normally do not send five fighters from outside of the country in a big group into you know any show. But these guys were so you know so together, doing their medicals, getting their paperwork. You know that. It was a pleasure to deal with them, and even on site. I mean, you know, like just like just great guys to work with. Uh, uh, you know, a guy a guy named uh, Manuel and uh, Gonzalo, who were just you know just tremendous. Um, I could highly recommend them to anybody who wants to use their services. But um, yeah, they were really the two heroes of the show. I was kind of like a traffic cop. Oh, which is a hero in its own way, Zach. But uh, Mexicans not wanted in America. Where where would you get that from? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> but all can say, and with that, all the fighters came to fight. They put on a great show. My favorite fighter, other than watching Tony back in action, uh, was, was the first fight, Danny Anduho against uh, PJ Tondo. That, that that was all action for four rounds. I wanted to see it go longer. Wonderful super flyweight bout. I thought that was the fight of the night, besides Tony's performance. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that was the best fight, most competitive fight of the night. And, uh, boy, uh, PG Tongo, I mean, you want to talk about the toughest 0-2 guy in the world. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, and, I, and I made a point to telling him, like, you know, please, PJ, do, do not get uh, – uh, PG, I should say. Uh, in fact, I asked him what uh, PG stood for. I thought it was parental guidance. <laughs> but uh, it turns out it's praise giver, which is even more wow. – which is even more wild than, than – rental guidance but uh uh yeah i mean i told him do not give up and i will absolutely bring that guy back and i'd love to bring him to the states because i mean there's a there's a rough little guy right there um 
But uh, yeah, that was absolutely the fight of the night. Yeah, and, 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 and it got the show off to a guy's start too. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, and certainly, like I said, I wanted to see it go longer, but uh, there, there was some other uh, interesting uh, talent and guys we definitely want to see more of. Will Madara certainly stood out in, in that fight. Uh, another lightweight, uh, eight and zero now, I believe. Uh, talk a little bit about it. Nine and zero. Nine and zero. Okay, he seems to be. Uh, uh, a little bit of a gem there that, uh, you know, we just definitely want to see more of. Well, you, you know, first of all, I actually, you know, with all due respect to Tony, because it was, you know, Tony's night, and, you know, obviously the, he was the guy that everybody came to see. But I think the standout fighter of the night, and there seems to always be one on every show, was Will Madeira. I mean, poised. I mean, uh, I mean, just, just, I mean, really just a flawless performance. I mean, you know, not that Tony didn't have a good night, but I mean, you could nitpick him, you know, uh, you know, here and there. But I mean, uh, I mean, Will, I mean, literally fought a perfect fight. I mean, I'd like to see him step up now to better competition, and his people around him kind of express that they want to see him fight better guys. You know, he's got a funny career because I mean, he's from Albany, which is not exactly Fight Town, USA, and you know, he's. He's sort of ethnically ambiguous, if that, you know, if I haven't, like, uh, broken six PC rules by saying that. But, I mean, people kind of kind of can't pin down just exactly what his background is. And, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of what Diego Corrales used to say. It's like, all the Spanish guys think I'm black and all the black guys think I'm Spanish. So, you know, <laughs> it Will's kind of trapped in that, that, that right. territory. Uh, um and also that he's fought his entire career in Montreal. He um, he was with um, Eye of the Tiger ma- Management, you know, which is uh, sort of a management promotional group uh, uh, run by a, a Lebanese guy from from Montreal um, named uh, Camille Estefan. And as far as I know, you know, you know, there was no falling out. There was no ill will. There was no no pun intended. Uh, and uh, which is his nickname, by the way, ill will. Um, but I mean, he just wasn't getting fights and didn't fight for a year. And, you know, and, you know, I, I really can't understand why they would pass up, you know, let a, let a eight, no guy slip through their fingers, but they did. And, uh, you know, happy to have him because, I mean, this is a guy that we expected to look rusty and maybe, you know, you know, you know, we'll see what we got here. And, you know, we were pleasantly surprised because I mean, I, I think he was the star of the night. Um, you know, and, and you gotta like any guy that comes out too. It's time to get ill by the Beastie Boys. Exactly. Yes, definitely. A lot of great music choices, but that that probably was the pick of the night. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect. I I never saw a Will fight prior to that, but going in, you know, he had he was eight, you know, going into the fight, three knockouts, and he was fighting a guy Omar Valenzuela who was only stopped once prior. To that fight, and up until then, every fight went the distance, and the, those guys were uh, packaged a little as a little bit more power punches, certainly better knockout percentages. And Madero gets the stoppages started as he had the first uh, fight not to go to the scorecards of the evening, which uh, even the, the announcers on the on the stream were kind of surprised about. They were expecting that to be a, l- a little bit more of a distance fight. I mean, it did go rounds, but uh, Madero got the stoppage to improve his knockout percentage. Yeah, and and what I like about uh, his uh, his management, which is uh, 
you know, uh, uh, combined with Bob Miller, who, you know, I don't know if you're aware of or the listeners are aware of, you know, had it was involved in a terrible accident and, you know, has been paralyzed from it. Um, right. He was there supporting, you know, uh, some, you know, uh, not only Will, but, you know, he also is the manager of, of Ronnie, who was on the car, who was on the card as well. And, you know, it's, it's a terrible thing that's happened to, to Bob, but, you know, and, you know, that's why I made the even extra effort to run around and, you know, get Will all his meds and, you know, and paperwork, which was kind of hectic in the state of New York, which, you know, not to get too far into the weeds here, but, you know, you have to get licensed by the state you're in to get, to be allowed to fight in Ontario. You can't just get, you know, in the States, you can be a fighter from Philadelphia and travel to Chicago and get and just buy a license at the way and, and when you fight there. But when you go to Ontario, you already have to be licensed in the state you're from. So, no you know, since, you know, since Will had never fought in his home state, that became kind of a headache. And, you know, I, I, no, it was, uh, you know it was, I was glad to, you know, pick up the slack for, for Bob, who obviously, uh, you know, is, you know, not not able to do everything he once was. And, uh, but uh, his, uh, his trainer, Andy Schott, did a great job with him. And, uh, and what I like about these guys, these guys are kind of old school New York guys, you know, from upstate, you know, you run into those guys when you go up to like Turning Stone. Um, you know, they're not kidding around. You know, they're, 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 I mean, as soon as the fight was over, best attitude. Like, now we want to step it up. We want people to know who this kid is. He's, you know, he's, he's not a young man. You know, um, you know, I mean, he's older, not, not, you know, radically older, but, you know, he's older than your normal prospects, so they want to get him moving. Um, and uh, I, I even kind of kid around with the kid, you know, at the press conference, because if you don't know, Will Will has six kids. So, which seem, uh, I t- you know, when I asked him how many kids he had, he, he said six. I went, yeah, keep fighting. So <laughs> <laughs> He definitely has to keep fighting, for sure. Zach, yep. there? Yeah, yeah okay. I'm sorry. So, uh, good, good, good stuff there. Uh, so, uh, another guy who was impressive, uh, who's even older than Madera, is uh, Custio uh, Clayton. He improves to 11 and 0. He does have the gaudy knockout percentage. And uh, this was the least competitive uh, fight of the night. He, he ended his business in the first round. Uh, welterweight, uh, 29, uh, but still considered a guy who could do some. Uh, Damage in the future. What's your assessment of him? Well, I mean, obviously it's hard to get a you know a take on a guy that blasts a guy out with one punch in the first round. Um, I mean, look, if, if looking like a like a fighter and looking you know you know impressive wins your titles, he's already got the belt because I mean you you never seen a more ripped guy in your life. I and mean, I was getting around saying like, hey, uh, I, what is he yeah, doing yeah. with my old body? Um, but, um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we don't have uh, Clayton. He was one of two fighters on the card that was, is not promoted by Liveco. Um, Clayton is with uh, Avon Michelle, uh, and we were happy to have Avon's guys there, and, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we'd like to work with them in the future. Uh, you know, um, not to really talk about Clayton, but, you know, it's, it's of my opinion that going into other backyards or just basically – you know, when you're a startup promotion, this is really only the second show of Live Coast, you know, uh, you know, the short history here. Uh, wow. The best thing I think to do is, you know, when you're going into any area, is why come in like we're the new sheriff in town? 
nobody needs that. You know, so instead, you know, we're going into Canada, uh, you know, which seemed, you know, we, we put on Yvonne, Yvonne's guy. Uh, there was another kid on the card, Brandon. Uh, he's with a smaller promotion, United. You know, and we're happy to have him, you know, because, you know, we, we want to have allies. You know, we, nobody needs to be enemies here. So, you know, I, I, I'd love to be allies with, the, with Jim or Don Michelle Promotions. And, you know, we, you know, we're already we're pretty good friends with uh, Don McDonald at United and Tyler Buxton. So, like, you know, and when we do fights in California, our first uh, show in California had a uh, Thompson Boxer fighter on the top of the card when uh, when Tony got sick. We, you know, he was replaced by uh, by Rafael Rivera, who's who's Thompson's guy, and you know, we have a good relationship with them. Uh, uh, one of the one of the guys who works with us also works with you know, with Roy Engelbrecht. So, you know, that's the best way to do it. You know, and I don't understand this, you know, like, you know, ain't our guy, ain't on our show routine, you know, because it's, you know, and then you just put yourself on an island. Definitely, definitely. Well, it was a great night of boxing. Uh, now, I, I'm not sure. I, I watched the fight. I watched the live stream, but I, I don't know if you could answer this, but uh curious because I didn't get to go back to watch it yet, but uh what the card is, the live stream is produced, do does LiveCo provide, the website provide the opportunity uh, to watch the fight or get the or get the card if you didn't get it live? Uh, do you know anything about that? Uh, from what I understand, and I'm obviously not in the, you know, uh, internet marketing, uh, you know, techno part of this whole thing because, like, you know, the, I'm still getting past the rotary dial phone. I'm with you. Uh, so, uh, so for what I, from what I understand, uh, they're going to be re-showing the entire card on their website. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a, some technical glitches they got to get out, but, uh, eventually they will be putting out clips from the various shows. I mean, from the various, uh, bouts, I should say. And then, uh, I believe, uh, they're going to be posting the entire card you know, with call on their website. You can watch it from beginning to end. All right, cool. Yeah, because I watch it live from beginning to end. But, uh, you know, me, I'm a, I like to collect these fights. I want somewhere where I could rewatch it. And there, there was a lot of good replay value with these fights. You want to see them again, and you want to see them for the first time if you did not. I think that's one of the great right. things about boxing is, uh, you know, it has the greatest replay value, I think, of, of all sports. I don't spend too much time watching old football or basketball games. I do on occasion, but I, I could watch all you know, fights that I have seen before or that I know the outcome of, you know, 24-7. My wife is not too fond of that, so I don't do it as often as I might. <laughs> but, you know, you could, you could sit there and watch it all, all day and night. It's wonderful. Sure. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, you, you hit right on the head. I mean, uh, I just recently, uh, local Comcast was like rebroadcasting, uh, I think, like the '93 Phillies, you know, game, you know, game-winning, you know, pennant-winning game uh, against the Braves, and I was like, oh yeah, hey, there's John Crook, there's uh, Mickey Morandini, and you know, right, even right, though right. I'm a Philly fan, you know, it, like, you know, I was like, eh, am I gonna hang around for the for the whole thing here? But I'll be damned if I'm going around you know, ESPN and get like classic, uh, you know, ESPN classic or something. And it's just like the very beginning of Hag, uh, of Hagler uh, Hearns. And I'm only watching it about a million times. I'm watching it a million and one. 
Exactly, exactly. You watch maybe an inning here, an inning there. Uh, then that's you know that's it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so hopefully they get that uh, they get that together. But uh, what about moving forward for the future? They, they were on on the stream. They were talking about another car that's already in the works for live cold boxing. Do you have any information on that? Yeah, uh, the next show will be May twentieth. Uh, I do not know if they will have a live stream for that or not, but the, the next show will be li- will be May twentieth um, in in, the, uh, in Palm Springs, uh, back back where we did the show in on February in February. So yeah, we're returning to Palm Springs May twentieth, uh, and on that card will be Max Becerra, uh, Eric Altamirano, uh, Danny Indujo, who you like so much. Uh, and uh, a couple of other, uh, you know, up-and-coming four-round fighters. And another guy I, I, I like, who I actually got to see live in the uh, middle of March, was is Larry Fry, as he's already been on this show. Uh, he's uh, nursing a hand injury. I spoke to him uh, prior to he said he was going, and I, I know he was at the card in Canada, uh, and he, he was hoping to get back in, in action maybe in a month or so. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. this is not yet your area of a- expertise, or you might not even know, but uh, it would be great to see him, uh, you know, end of August, September, October. That's the kind of time frame he was talking about. But he's also a very uh, interesting and, and exciting fighter uh, that I want to see more of. Yeah, uh, that's probably the time frame. Unfortunately, Larry really, you know, really shattered his hand in that, in that fight, you know. I watched the entire fight because uh, we we actually you know someone filmed it on on like just a you know on a camera phone and uh, you know I watched it from beginning to end and you know it's hard to tell just exactly where he breaks his hand uh, he said it was in the second and you know unfortunately sometimes you know especially a you know a, a, a tough kid like like Friars he you know they fight through it or the hand just goes numb or or sometimes it's just you know the adrenaline. He keeps chucking that right hand. I mean, he's landing right hand up until the last ten seconds of the of, yeah. of the uh, of the fight, and it's like basically getting your hand and just hitting it repeatedly with a hammer. You know, it's not good. Um, so, uh, you know, he he had to have an operation. He's got pins in it, and you know, it's uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we hope for the best that he can make a hundred percent recovery. I mean, you know, that could be dicey. You know, sometimes guys bounce back a hundred percent. Other times, it's like you know. It, and it, you know, it becomes a, a you know, a, you know, a sticking point in their career or ending point in their career. But uh, you know, he, yeah. everything everything they got from the doctors was is that it was a success. And you know, they're too, we're targeting like you know August September for his return. It's a shame he's going to miss the whole summer. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I know nothing from Adam, and I have no medical degree to speak of. But when I had him on the show. I was uh, under the impression that it might suit him best that uh, to take the the whole year off, even if you get the seal of approval. But uh, you know, I know that's not uh, in his best interest or, or anybody's best interest. So uh, you know, that that's something that uh, you know you want to uh, you know keep track of. But uh, you know, when I when he described it and, and talked about the surgery, I was like, oh, maybe. Uh, shutting it down for the whole year would be the best remedy, but it doesn't sound like a- anybody's on board for that one. Well, it's just, you know, I mean, obviously if he's not ready, you know, by August, then we move it back. But, you know, it's uh, you know, it's just you, you don't want to do that, especially because, I mean, I thought he was the fighter of the night back in February when, uh, 
when he fought in California, and you know he had a pretty solid performance at the Garden the very next month. It's like, oh man, you you kind of wanted a guy to keep rolling, and now it's like, yeah. like you know, you know, I almost regret taking the fight, not because you regret having the win and getting him to three and zero, but. You know, you want them to, you know, like with that. You know, look, the the hardest part of any boxing career is your first ten fights because you're, you know, fights fall out. You know, you're dealing with a very unreliable bunch. I mean, you know, you, know, you talk to real matchmakers, they tell you like the, the last fight they want to make are fours because you know they're they're hard to make. You sometimes you don't know who's showing up, you know, or if they're showing up. Uh, the money isn't great, so you know it's it, that's stuff that makes you hair, pull your hair out. And you know, so you want to get you know, your fighters through those first 10 fights, hopefully unblemished as fast as you can to get them away from, from the four rounders and get them into significant fights, you know, and you don't want to rush a guy, but you know, when you have a guy that's not going to be sitting for months on end, it's like, well, that's, you know, I mean, even if Larry Friars goes berserk and fights, you know, know, two, three times before the year is out, you know, he's still only going to be at 6-0, and 0, you know, at best. And, you know, that's probably unlikely. So, you know, it, you know, it just it keeps guys, right. you, know, you know, inactivity is a killer. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not conservative much at all, but in that aspect I am. But uh, I'm no doctor. So whatever the doctor says and whatever you feel is what we, we seem to be going with. I mean, as a fan, I want to see him fight next month. <laughs> so, so there's that side of it as well. But uh, uh, definitely a good stuff there. But uh, uh, I want to talk a bit about some other uh, things in boxing. I always uh, love your point of view on, on things. Obviously, uh, a couple of weeks ago on HBO, Lomachenko dominated uh, once again. Uh, and he really gets the ire of the old man card up. I don't know if you heard the start of the show, uh, but... Uh, on HBO, Lampley said that uh, Mr. Peltz was not too happy about Lomachenko being uh, tagged as the greatest amateur of all time. Uh, guy, you know, all, all the old timers seem to throw up when uh, he's compared to Willie Pep. Uh, I mean, obviously, I get what Russell's saying. You got to give him a whole career, but he had an entire amateur career that was sensational. What's so bad about saying that, and, and, you know, I never agree with Lampley on much, but what's so bad about saying he's possibly the greatest amateur of all time? Look at his record. I mean, that, that career is said and done. Um, I don't think there's, there's any uh, problem with that, and uh, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, you, know, you, you know, I've been having this argument for years that, like, hey, you know, we, you know, we for years – had guys who won gold medals, uh, were behind the Iron Curtain, never turned pro. I've talked to some, you know, some Russian and former Soviet bloc guys who were like, you don't know what you were missing. Um, right. People talk all the time, like, oh, Telefino Stevenson, what have what he done with, uh, you know, with Ali yeah. and that whole mix? And, you know, we'll never know. We're kind of robbed of that. And then now when we see this Russian wave, or when I say Russian, that sort of encompasses, you know, I'm sure that offends probably half of the people we're talking about here, but, you know, the Ukrainian, Georgian, you know, Kazakhstani, you know, just former Soviet Union group. And, you know, you know, this is Karen Russian wave. I was like shocked. Like, I'm not shocked. They would have been doing this in, in the 70s. It just couldn't. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. think of the guys we lost out on. Think of the fights that could have been. I mean, like, you know, the guys were just lost from history. I mean, I almost wish I could, 
go back and change things like uh, you know during the Bolshevik era or whatever the uh, the uh, you know during, during the uh, Odessa steps you know we 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 might have been uh, we, we might have been talking a whole other ball game here you know? um, so you know when people go uh, oh he's the greatest amateur of all time and you know you know as far as Russell goes I mean you know you know I respect I love Russell but I mean. You know, yeah. I, I goofed on him the other day saying, like, is it possible to make a reference that's not 40 years old or more? <laughs> I mean, like, he, he, I mean, he, he brings out uh, he brings out Laszlo Pack. I'm like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Laszlo Pack. I mean, yeah. you know, come on. Um, but I will say this, in defense of I'm kind of getting a little off Lomachenko a little bit, every time I think, you know, uh, uh, in fact, uh, I, used to work, uh, I used to be with friends at work, and we used to, make this a reference to when we were talking about how big of an asshole our boss was. Like, we would code in front of him, call him Bupka, as a reference to Sergei Bupka, the uh, pole vaulter. Because every time we said, well, he can't be any more of an, an asshole, he would do something that was even more of a, of, of a dick move. And he's, oh, no, we're wrong. Bupka did it again. Yeah. And every time HBO has, like, a broadcast, I'm like, well, that broadcast, there can't be anything worse. They boop it again and have another, like, really horrible broadcast because that was really bad. And what, what really kind of ticked me off about that broadcast is that they downplayed their own fight, which made no sense because the way they, you know, talked up, you know, like they talk up every main event bout was to say uh, Sosa, who really lost the fight to Nicholas Walters, and got a gift draw, is now fighting Lomachenko, the guy that made Walters quit. But it is right, a fight right. I want to see. Yeah, right? exactly. And what they weirdly left out, which makes no sense to me, is his, the Fonfara fight. I'm sorry, not Fonfara, uh, Fatuna fight, right, right? which was an incredible come-from-behind knockout yeah. win of the title, and then his defense of the title. You know, so, I mean, like... You kind of like what? Like, you can't mention those two fights, and I don't know if that's that wacky thing that we've discussed before about how they won't acknowledge like the, the you know the different divisions in boxing or, or you know what they call like you know uh, alphabet soup you know, belts or whatever. But you know, Fatuna's a legitimate guy, and he legitimately knocked yeah. him out. I mean, there's yeah, no mention we... of it whatsoever. It's odd. Uh, they, they, they are it's a very bizarre way of handling it. Yeah, definitely. And to take it a step further, I mean, all they keep talking about, and not only them, but all we keep hearing about is Canelo versus Triple G. Is that now going to happen? Well, I mean, that tells me why am I going to waste my time watching Canelo versus Chavez? And if you package it that way, uh, well, I am the, you know, the really stupid. The really yeah, stupid part about that is is that you you're probably looking at Canelo. Chavez, followed by Canelo, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Lemieux. You're not looking at right. Canelo Triple G for maybe like a year. What are they right. talking yeah. about? Well, and, and by yeah. the way, they get bogged down in that. Like, they can't just call the fight in the ring, especially if the fight goes the way that fight went. You know, I felt really bad for Jason Sosa. You know, I was supposed to fight Jason Sosa with Andrew Cherry a while back, and it didn't work out, but Jason Sosa is a very solid, very tough guy, you know, who, you know, got a tough draw and really only took the fight because, you know, you can't turn down the money. It was, I mean, 
he, he was facing either fighting his mandatory, which is the kid from Panama, uh, Corrales, Jer- Jersey Corrales, or fighting Lomachenko. And it's like the difference of like, I don't know the exact numbers, but he's probably getting more than four times what he would get to fight Corrales. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer. you got to take that fight, and you got to take the shot. Uh, right. So, I mean, like, you know, but, like, because of that, like, the put, you know, bring up that he's, like, the pizza maker from Camden. Make it sound like they found him wandering around the street somewhere. And this is a tough kid yeah, yeah. who was, I mean, I was there at Bally's in, like, 2010 when he got knocked out by Tashawn Wiggins. And he's been able to turn his career completely around where, you know, now he's fighting, you know, maybe the best fighter in the world. You know, that, that's a hell of a story. And instead, they kind of turned him into this, like, nothing guy. And I think it's really disrespectful when, you know, they tune out by the third round. They start talking about, like, you know, uh, prospective matchups down the road. And, you know, pretty soon, it, it, it what it reminds me of, um, and I, you know, I, we've I've referenced this a few times, and I grew up watching uh, Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn in local Phillies baseball games. It's right, like when right. you'd be in a rain delay. You know, you'd be sitting around in a rain delay, and they would have just Richie and and and, uh, and Harry talking, and it was like, you know, two old guys talking on the porch. You know, and that was actually entertaining. But that's what, like, the HBO broadcast turns into when they kind of tune out of watching the fight, which they do kind of always. You know, the, the, there's very little call of what's happening and more speculation yeah. of what could happen. You know, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, the the... You know, it's funny. Go figure. The broadcast team on the Live Co show, about ten times more entertainment, attaining, entertaining, and more, and, and more into actually what is happening in the ring than, than the HBO broadcast guys were. You never think you'd say that. You know, I mean, no, uh, Mark and Corey, Mark and Corey, who called that fight, did a much better job than 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 uh, you know, than Lampley and Hopkins. And 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 you know, you know, I have respect for Hopkins as a fighter, but you know. You know, I mean, him and Roy Jones, it's like it's one one painful, you know, you know, uh, broadcast after another. I mean, it's bad. I mean, there's no way around. It. Yeah. You know, they, 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 don't, they lend nothing to the broadcast, and I think, if anything, they kind of suck the life out of the broadcast. Definitely, definitely. What about the, the actual fight? A lot of people turned off by the showboating of Lomachenko. Certainly not anything I ever want to see, but certainly not the first time I've seen it. Uh, what did you think about that? Did that bother you a lot? No, and I'll tell why it doesn't bother me. Because, you know, I mean, look, you shouldn't... I'm not a big fan of taunting anybody. But, you know, there's a difference, I think, between, like, some guy who's bullshitting around and, you know... Could could very well get get knocked out. I mean, you see, you know, you have all the kind of cautionary tales of, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Nate Campbell dropping his hands in front of uh, against Peden, or you know, uh, guys doing like bolo punches or or running around. Uh, I think I think remember years ago, uh, Roger Mayweather was like just running and holding and goofing around in one fight, and he got caught. I think it might have been against Hugo Pineda. You know, it's like uh, you know the those things of like you know don't get too cute, and then there's a guy who's just like, it's like a it's like a, a virtuoso. I mean, it's starting to get with Lomachenko like you're watching another guy at another speed. I mean, I mean, I mean, and I think that this is not a knock against Russell because you know Russell is very old school. 
And Russell's, you know, to, to, yeah. and to Russell's mind, and this, he's not alone in this, that a good fight is a knockdown, drag-out fight. Like, you know, like the, the, uh, the archetype Pelts fighter would be like Assad Muhammad. You know, just blood and right, guts, right. Guys, two guys smashing each other. And I, I like that kind of fight, too. But I could also appreciate a Lomachenko fight. And I don't really think that's Russell's cup of tea. And I think what Russell doesn't see in a lot of the, a lot of the situations is that, you know, and, and I'm not knocking Russell because he was never a fighter, but, you know, not that I was uh, Willie Pat. But, I mean, like, I think if you have any ring, in-ring experience, you pick up that, like, man, look at what he's doing. It's so hard to do what he's doing, and he's doing it, and he's doing it effortlessly. I mean, his footwork is absurd. He moves as fast side to side as he does going forward and backward. Try doing that one time. It's like near impossible. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he, he gets awesome. angles and, and, and he gets angles and, and, and throws off like, you know, crazy combinations that I don't even know how he gets off. I mean, I, mean, I don't even know how you can design a fight plan for a guy like that. You know, because I mean, like, what do you do? You know, and, and, and he's a baffling guy to fight. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and he's dominated solid guys. Now, I get it to an extent, all right, he hasn't had the career Willie Pep has. He does, obviously doesn't have the record Willie Pep has, but, you know, he's going to, once all said and done, he's going to have a better knockout percentage than Willie Pep for sure. And, I mean, can you say, I mean, what he's been doing in terms of domination of the guys he's fighting? Uh, certainly... It's hard to beat that. I mean, Willie Pep, I'm certainly not trying to downplay him, but he couldn't have topped that. He might have equaled it in terms of, you know, dominating. But, you know, he's a guy that lost three fights to probably the best fighter he's fought. When I say that, Jack, people want to kill me. The old guys, they want to kill me when I say that. But, again, there's no getting around it. The best guy Pep ever fought, he lost three out of four times to in Sandy Sadler. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you know what? You know, I'm I'm going to send you the quote because I actually I think I found it somewhere, but I'm going to send you the actual quote from uh, Midnight in Paris, the Woody Woody Allen movie, because it so encompasses, and I guess we're kind of picking on Russell here, but sort of you know Russell era guys, of like you know everybody. What's that? There's a lot of guys like that. I said there's a lot of guys with that same mindset. It's not well, just him. Well, 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 I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, and I think you know where I'm going with this reference, it's like everybody who is in a certain era never thinks that that era is good enough. It's, and, and what happens is, is you, 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 get, you get kind of blinded and almost sort of put into a fog by your own memories. And as we all know, and I, I'm, I'm butchering this quote, and I'd love to actually just find the quote I wish I had in front of me and, like, read it off to you, but it, it so encompasses – this mindset, because it's like you're, you, you start to get blinded by nostalgia or blinded by what you think your memories are. doesn't mean they're false memories. But, you know, and, and there's even, like, and I always make political ties, but, you know, you hear people say, uh, you know, I want my country back. Uh, make America great again. Well, what does it actually mean? Because it's like what's in their mind's eye, which may not have ever existed or may not have only existed through your perceptions. You know, like, uh, you know, you know, like if someone says, "Oh, I remember the early '60s. That was a great time." Yeah, if you were like, uh, if you were John Hamm's character in Mad Men, not too great a time right. if you were black and in the South. You know, right. so I mean, oh. like, 
Right. I mean, you know, like, so, you know, it's all perception. And I think that, I think boxing kind of, you know, has a yoke around its neck when it comes to stuff like that, because, you know, you, 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 you have either guys that are literally know what they're talking about, like Russell, who can make reference to, I mean, you know, I, I, I goof on Russell, you know, but I, like, I think recently he, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, Michelle Rosado, who works with him, you know, or, or maybe it was Brittany, had, you know, made mention of how, like, she sat and had breakfast with him and, you know, and uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the trainer of, uh, of, of, uh, Kletch, of uh, sorry, of Sergey Kovalev, um, uh, not, not, uh, not John David Jackson, but the, uh, the older black guy, um, name just fell out of my head. But, uh, and, uh, and I, 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 said to, I said to Russell, like, was there a reference that was less than 40 years old? And he's like, well, what's wrong with that? I'm like, no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to know when it's time to drink every time someone mentions, you know, midget wall gas or, uh, or young stribbling, you know. <laughs> you know I mean, like, like, come on. I mean, you know, and, but, and I'm goofing on it, but, you know, like, there's, there's a, it's a twofold thing. It's, it's the guys who actually know what they're talking about, but because of that, they're kind of, like, trapped in their own mind's eye of what, when times are good and they might be right and they might be just, you know, looking at things through a kaleidoscope or, or there's the guys who, you know, and you hear this talk all the time, you know, the barbershop guys, the, the bar guys, they go, Oh, mm-hmm. that's a dead sport. Uh, oh, it isn't as good as it used to be. It hasn't been, I haven't watched a fight since Ali. Uh, it hasn't been good since whatever the seventies. And I always love guys like that because it's guys that don't ever really watch the sport. Yeah, it, 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 right, I mean, right. like, no one would call a baseball a guy a baseball fan if he says, like, I haven't watched baseball since Zerman Munson died. Well, then what kind of fan are right. you? <laughs> now, you may be a Zerman right. Munson fan, but, I mean, I mean, I don't know very much of a baseball fan. You literally haven't watched the, uh, baseball since the 70s? And so, you know, uh, it, it, it's the same type of thing. When people tell me, like, ah, I tuned out at Ali. Well, you mean you missed a lot of stuff. You know, exactly. uh, you know yeah. and, and, you know, and... and when people tell me that, like, well, I don't know anything about it because I don't see it, I'm like, that's a lot of crap, too. There's a lot of boxing on TV. There's plenty of stuff all over the Internet if you want to find. I mean, you can just go on Fight News and pretty much get updated on everything. I mean, so it's not hard to obtain the information on it. And nobody's hiding it. And, you know, you know what I always tell people when people go, well, you know, it's a cult sport, it's dying, it's all this different crap that they – they hear from other people but not, don't actually know what they're talking about. I go, you know what you do? Mm-hmm. Go on box rec and, and just go, like, after, like, the weekend's over, like, you know, by Sunday night or Monday morning and scroll through the, you know, like, the results from around the world starting Friday. Friggin' Argentina had, like, nine shows in, like, three days. You know, if you just, I mean, it wow. literally will take you, like, five minutes to scroll through all the activity. So somebody's fighting. I mean, it might be fights in Zimbabwe or, or, or Finland or, or China or, or Spain, but that's activity too. You know, people are going to understand it's a world sport. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you can take guys who watch fights, boxing all the time, but in one weekend, I don't care who you are, in most weekends, if you look at it from the world aspect, 
you're missing more fights than you're watching. Even the, the biggest diehard oh. fan can't watch everything that's that's on within a weekend. It, 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 sometimes it gets frustrating. Like, oh, I wish I saw. You know, you can't get everything. It's impossible. Well, you know, it's funny. That's why uh, I got to say, Abrams and Corey, who called who called the live stream. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about junkies? These guys got done calling the fight so they could race back to their hotel room to watch the Burns fight from England. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah on, on the internet, I'm like, you guys are sick. You know? <laughs> yeah, Mark, Mark was talking about how he has like eighteen thousand uh, fights in his library, uh, uh, you know, on the telecast, and uh, wanted to get a hard copy of that fight cause, so he could add six more to his collection or whatever it was. Oh, but, uh, well, yeah, you know, me, 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 and Mark are constantly uh, uh, like trading, and you know. I mean, he actually started in pro wrestling, and, and he's got like an absurd, absurd like videotape, you know, you know, stacks of, uh, uh, you know, you know, of, of I'm sure he like you probably I don't know if he has a catalog, but I'm sure he probably has just a wall in his house dedicated to uh, to to uh, Jimmy Snuka, you know, and right. and, uh, and then you know, forget about it, videotapes of boxing. I mean, and, and me and you were like that as well. I mean, by between the three of us, we got to tape yeah. the eighties and nineties covered. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, so good stuff there. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, if you don't like it, don't watch it. But you don't have to go out of your way to, uh, you know, be derogatory about it. And that, that's why I get mad at a lot of these guys today. So, you know, not these heavyweights are nothing compared to what we had. And, you know, so I say to myself a lot, and I have uh, conversations uh, with the, the few boxing friends I do have, Eric, uh, from New Jersey, is one of the only guys I see on a regular basis, or talk to on a regular basis, other than you guys. That, is, but I'm, and you know, we say like, well, how can we expect the mainstream media to give boxing pro- positive press today when the, the, some some of the biggest fans don't know what they you know what they're watching, don't know the value of what they're watching, and they shit on it all the time. How, how is some some you know regular schmo from the Daily News where I am going to appreciate it if? A guy who's been in the sport forever thinks it sucks now. Uh, you know, it's it's a valid point, um, but I've always countered that point with, you know what, I really truly believe that if if people were exposed, and I know that's kind of the the Heyman uh, premier boxing theory, then hey, if you if you see these guys, uh, and you get to see them, you know, not tucked away or at like either you know, on ESPN2 at 10.30 or on HBO where you have to have a, you know, premium cable subscription. But if you see them on right. CBS or, or, or Fox in prime time, uh, they will get a following. Um, I mean, I'll say that the Thurman Garcia fight did get good ratings, and I'm sure more people know them now than before. Um, is it working? I don't know. Is it, are they spending a lot of money trying to see if it's going to work? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, that's, if you're going to knock them, when I say them, you know, the PBC, that's one of the things I don't knock them for. I mean, I hear a few people kind of, you know, saying like, oh, it's, uh, you're giving it away for free or, or you're saturating the market. Eh, I don't buy that because, I mean, look, I, I think me and you were probably both products of, you know, Saturday afternoon, you know, Tim Ryan, Gil Clancy, uh, you know, and various other guys, you know, mm-hmm. you know, early 80s, you know, uh, uh, you know Saturday afternoon. Fight. 
it, right. Yeah. And, and I talk to more guys my age, you know, or around my age that are of the same. They were all created the same way. You know, it, it, I almost kind of weirdly equated to like watching Saturday morning cartoons. You know, like I mean, everybody at my age kind of knows what Schoolhouse Rock is. They can probably sing three of the of, of the songs. Right. You know, because mm-hmm. cause you grew up with that stuff. Well, you know, in the same way, they created this sort of, you know, this, this sort of being. You know, we, you know, we're we're the Frankenstein monsters that was created by the three o'clock Saturday afternoon fight. You know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it just gets me frustrated. You, I don't even know why I bother doing it. I say I'm not going to go on social media after fight, especially Facebook, and I, I do. Oh, what a terrible fight. This is nothing like when I used to watch box. So what, what are you watching this for if you don't think it's any good? And where's your head at if you can't see the value in it? Uh, you know, sometimes we get stinkers, sure. But you got stinkers back in the old days as well. I, I mean, uh, Emil Griffith, uh, Montone 2 is one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life. Both those guys are all-time greats. So I don't know. Well, anyway, Zach, uh, we're coming to the end of our, our, our segment. If there's anything else you wanted to add or throw out there, now's the time. Zach Familio, uh, exclusive matchmaker now for LiveCo Boxing. Uh, and uh, LiveCoBoxing.com is going to have, at some point, the replay of the Tony Lewis fight. So let's keep an eye on that. But uh, pleasure as always, and it always goes so fast. But uh, now the floor is yours, my friend. Uh well, I guess the only thing I want to add is, uh, you know, because I, I actually thought you were going to ask me about Tony's fight. And the only thing I, I want to say that probably Tony hasn't already, you know, said about about that fight, and, you know, I only caught the last part of his interview, but is that, um, you know, I think the most impressive thing uh, that Tony did during the whole the whole fight wasn't actually what he did in the ring, which was impressive, but it was after. Um, he did an in-ring right interview uh where he actually addressed the audience and you know you don't see a lot of this anymore where he he thanked the people there he actually you know made it about them he, he mentioned ronnie his stable mate you know and it was so self-effacing you know i, I told dennis uh, you know one of the one of the promoters that uh, you know it kind of weirdly rem- reminded me of you know when i think of alexis arguello weirdly i never think of his fight right? i always think of him in that moment with Boo Boo Mancini, where he made it all about Mancini and his right, father. Right. I was like, what a mm-hmm. self-effacing guy. What a great guy. I, I knew at that point that he was like, you know, just, just a wonderful guy. And, and, you know, that was very reminiscent of that. It was a very, it was a very good right. moment for him. You know, and it makes you root for a guy like Tony because, you know, I think we're yeah. getting tired of, you know, of the Mayweathers and the Broners and the braggadocious guys and the guys thinking Jesus 300 times and, you know, and, you know, while they thank their manager and, and now Heyman, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's, like, it's nice to see a genuine guy who doesn't brag, about, who isn't a bragger, you know, who's a, you know, who, who, who actually is self-effacing and a, and a decent person. Yeah, definitely. Good point there. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, good stuff there. So, uh, Zach, closing uh, remarks, my friend, uh, and we'll do, we'll do this again soon. we got to get you and Ron on again. I haven't spoken to my... My man Ron, but we'll, we'll get him on again uh, next oh, week, uh, or maybe the week after, after the Klitschko fight. A uh, big Wembley fan, Mr. Ron Christian. Uh, I mean, getting I'm getting inquiries of where Ron is, but uh, Ron will be back on the show soon enough. But uh, any closing remarks before we go? 
Uh, well, I guess, I guess I'll just leave it with the with the, what I said about Tony, and uh, and then also like once again that uh, uh, next show is May twentieth, Palm Springs, and uh, uh, and on by the way I'll be at the uh, the show this Saturday, the twenty second, uh, uh, GH three show in at uh, the Claridge in Atlantic City. Um, you know, more of a fan. I'm actually bringing in the ring car girls for that one, but uh, you know, I'm more just helping out that show. My dad's actually working that show. Um, yeah, we've talked about <laughs> Somebody has to do it Somebody, yes yeah, yeah, Talk about agony, that must be agony All night with the ring card girl wow. You got some weekend ahead of you It should be nice And actually there's an after fight party as well uh, it's, it, it should be posted on their, on, on their Facebook page as well uh, I think it's a, a, a club in Atlantic City called Dusk all right, sounds good. Thank you again, Zach Familio. Pleasure as always. You have a good rest of your evening. Uh, you too, Anthony. All right, thank you. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get Mr. Jeff Bumpers on uh, to close it out right after this. No, Cam, tell us at what point the fight is ended. But anyway, it is another knockout for Marvin Hagler. He scored 36 knockouts now in 47 fights. He's won 44, lost two with one draw, and it is. Here's the announcement. Unable to continue, the winner by a knockout in the seventh round, Marvis, Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler, and they have decided. All righty, and we are back ringside with Jeff Bumpus and. Uh, before we get to Jeff, uh, just uh, some because uh, we we have actually there's a fight card coming on uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, I believe it's an ESPN two card, but uh, I'll double check that. I, I know it's uh, something I'm want to watch right after this, whatever channel it's on. But uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at zoot29 capital Z lowercase u t e 29. Follow the show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, subscribe to Zoot's Boxing Talk on iTunes if you have an Apple device and like to listen to the show archive. Uh, remember to go to ringsidereport.com. I will be covering uh, the big Andre Berto versus Sean Porter fight, uh, courtesy of Ringside Report. So uh, looking forward to that this coming Saturday. Go to maxboxing.com as well for all your boxing fixes. But let, let's get to Mr. Bumpers right away as uh, we want to close this out, my friend. And uh, first up, for you, my friend, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Well, a little earlier than normal because of the flight at nine o'clock, so I, I know that's good for us. Uh, so let's let's get right to it. The first order of business for us: uh, Roman Chinkovers. Also, we spoke briefly about uh, your thoughts on Roman Chinko. Uh, he, he gave me like a little teaser mode, but it sounded like you weren't as uh, I don't want to say a fan or impressed, but. Uh, you weren't as glowing, let's say, as the HBO crew was of Mr. Lomachenko. I think that's what I perceive. Let's, let, let's get well, let, let's get it right from the the horse's mouth, or, or the Bumpus's mouth, as they say, and make it more accurate. So, what's your thoughts on Lomachenko in the fight? You know, you, well, I probably never uh, signed up with uh, the HBO crowd for just for the record. Um, Lomachenko. Uh, is, is is probably the most impre- you know the most impressive fighter right now, but I don't 
I don't see anybody. I I I, I want to see one flash. I'm really disappointed in uh, Nicholas Walters. Uh, I thought he would he would put some pressure on move uh, Lomachenko back and not let him set, not let him get used to a rhythm, just you know crawl all over him. And nobody nobody seems to have done that yet. And I and I, I might be fooled. You know, he might be that good where he he's he's impossible to hit no matter whose style. I, I just can't help but think that if somebody crawls in his chest and stays there, he's in trouble. I, I think he needs room to to um, get his timing, his radar working. I, I think that he'd be very uncomfortable uh, with someone in his. Uh, in his Adam's apple, uh, I don't. I don't like the playing uh, uh, to the crowd. Uh, I understand some people. Some people enjoy that. If if you don't like it, stop him. Well, yeah, I think that's probably what I would be going in there with the idea. But you know, you're if you're going to have time to. Uh, uh, Grandstand and show off. Then um, I'm, I'm going to try and, and and push you a little harder where you don't have the time to do that. Uh, I know I sound like a grumpy old man here, but if you can do it, let other people talk about it. Don't 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 cheer for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I I think that these guys come in from Russia and. They come in, they're very humble, and people like them, and then they get, they get Americanized or something. Because, uh, I, I don't know, I was disappointed to see that. It's it's unprofessional to me. I, mm-hmm. I understand some people enjoy it, and it plays to a certain element, but uh, someday... Someday the, the shoe's going to be on the other foot, and and it's you look pretty stupid when you um, your uh, film comes up on YouTube and it's of you clowning and then getting knocked out. You know. Uh, I definitely agree with it. I'm not a fan of it either. But here's the problem I have with it, Jeff. And you're a guy that's uh, you know fought. You've fought the best fighters you could possibly fight in the 1980s. You are a fight fan. I mean, you got into boxing because of what you loved when you saw it on television. So here's my problem with it is, you know, you know I have fighters on here all the time, fans here all the time. Who are your favorite fighters? Who do you admire? And most of the time you hear a Muhammad Ali, you hear a Ray Leonard, and those guys did it as well. I mean, Ali was the, the, the biggest showman, and he even went out of his way to uh, humiliate a lot of his opponents. Uh, mm-hmm. But and he and he's loved. I mean, a lot of it had to. You know, at the time though, when he was doing it, he had a lot of uh, negative press. So I will say that much. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the, the clips that you see of the the, the so-called Nomad fight is Leonard just clowning, not really landing any real effective punches in my book, showing great lateral movement, sure, but clowning, bolo punching, taunting. And these are the guys that are revered in the sports history. These guys are considered uh, the best of all time by most standards. 
get what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I do. I do, and 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 it it doesn't. It's not discouraged, is what you're saying. You know, for for all of uh, the the people who say they don't like it or 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 against it. Uh, they, right. they don't. It doesn't seem to cost the, the the ones who do it very much as far as the following. Bigger problem, and sorry to cut you off, but I have an even bigger problem with it with a Ali and a Leonard and a lot of because I think a lot of rounds were won by those fighters because of their showing to the crowd and taunting tactics. Lomachenko was winning his rounds by putting the hurt by boxing by landing combination. Not to say Ali and Leonard never did it, but they won quite a few rounds based on things that you're not supposed to win rounds on. True. Um, I I have no problem with anybody saying that uh if you wanted to stop it's like the uh the, the, the college football games where they they're piling on huge you know huge amounts of Touchdown, you know, extra points and you know, and aren't, aren't necessary to win this thing. And uh, you say, well, if you, if you don't like it, then stop it. Well, um, that would that would be first and foremost. Um, well, you know, he, 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 I would want to definitely make sure that uh, um, he's not clowning me. You know <laughs> that. I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I, it would sit very well with me. I I I would enjoy seeing what happens the first time somebody sticks an elbow in his throat and puts him in a corner and keeps him there. You know. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, that, the I, referees. I the board, right. Sorry, go ahead. The, the referees would. My, my I would have to for somebody like that uh, to fight somebody like that. I would have to use uh, a liberal uh, interpretation of the rules. And uh, I, I, I wasn't above it because, uh, or I wasn't below it either. But, but I, I would do whatever is necessary to stay in this and to make sure that that this guy is going to respect me when it's over. And I don't see why. Uh, uh, I, I cannot figure out why. Someone who is being outboxed that badly would not just say, you know what, we're just going to go to war because they keep trying to they keep trying to box with him. He holds his hands out, the guy holds his hands out. So you know, come on, you know, so what do you come on? He does the Toro thing. This guy waves his arms out like what, what, you know. if he's if he's busy doing Toro and and you're the bull, okay, I'll be the bull, you know, and watch out for the horns because uh, you 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 weren't. Yeah, I'm an old man now, so I can talk all I want to. But you weren't going to clown me, you know. <laughs> you were going to have to fight. And if you're busy clowning and stuff like that, I I I I do my best to put put their back on the ropes and pound on them a little bit. I'd like to see. Do you have? Someone that you had, Jeff. Did you have a fight that you had where, that stands out, where an opponent of yours was doing that to you? Is there, I'm sure it's happened more than once, but there's one that stands out that you, that you can share with us. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, uh, I, I would say that it wasn't so much the uh, the being out uh, outspeeded, outclassed, outboxed, and 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 someone showing off on the 
but uh, uh, someone, let's see, I, I, I hate to call names after all these years, but uh, what he what it, what it would uh, be particularly uh, he he was very upset about the pressure. It, it didn't matter whether he was going to box or or, or be in my chest. I was going to be in his. So uh, what this particular opponent liked to do was use his thumb, use his elbow, use his, you know, and and I was fine with this. And, you know, we'll, 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 matter of fact, we're in my playground, you know. This is this is where I live. Well, I'm going I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be dirty with you. Oh, well, gee, I was held by the Marquis of Queensbury rules myself, you know. Uh, it's... Uh, it's not a good idea to to anger somebody who's willing to widely interpret the rules. I guess you could say. So, uh, I, I I like Lomachenko. Don't get me wrong. I I just I didn't I didn't like this particularly. You know this particular fight uh, where he decided to play to the crowd. He's he's he, he right. knows he's good. He knows he's really good and. Uh, uh, he doesn't have to. He he should let us talk about how great he is and 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 not uh, congratulate himself. That's you know, that's just the way I see things. Right now, I don't disagree with you at all, but I didn't like it either. Uh, but I'm not going to hold him to a higher standard than some of the, the fighters that are most right. beloved in the sport and did it a million times more and worse, in my opinion, in some ways than he did. But uh, I, I certainly agree. In- I wasn't fan of it when it happened. I'm completely at a loss of why nobody hits him to the body. And when they try to hit him to the body, it's this looping shot, and he does this, you know, this put his arms out in front of him and throw his hips back, and it's, you know, swoops in front of him. I'm, I'm talking about a, a, a real body shot. I'm talking about something tight, get, you know, get your head on his chest, pound pound the body. You know, I, I, can't, I can't figure out why, well, they can't catch him. Well, you know, uh, if... if uh, uh, I I just can't believe that and no, more pressure. He he is inside of a of a twenty foot ring. I can't believe that more pressure is not applied. Uh, that would be your only choice to to fight somebody like that. Why would you box with him? You know why isn't somebody crawling in in in, in his ear and just pounding the body because you can't you can't hit him solid in the head. Eventually. You're going to be able to because you know he's, it, this thing about kill the body. I I cannot figure out why you would try. Uh, is, is it a lost art? Is that what this is? You know, am I am I a grumpy old man like you like you were talking about earlier? You know, the fighters aren't any good anymore. Well, I don't think know, so. I, I just think he's fought guys that don't have that ability and if you try it he he has footwork of such where it's just not you know you know this better than anybody sometimes it's easier said than done what you see I mean hindsight is 2020 you know especially when you have uh, you know Ted Williams vision in hindsight but sometimes when you're in there it can't and these guys although fine fighters I, I don't think we're the kind of versatile uh, you know, move, 
I think a guy who's going to beat Lomachenko is a little bit more of a, of a mover and uh, a guy with a more fluid jab than what we've been seeing. Uh, that's my take on it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. But before we continue this conversation further, we only have a, a little over four minutes left in the live feed, but I want to update about the the fight on fight news. It says this card on ESPN it is on ESPN two. It is starting at nine, but on I looked at it to DVR it to record it, you know, to add to my beautiful library of fights, Jeff. And according to my TV guide and my cable, it's not starting till ten. So we'll go a little bit more over because there's a couple more things I want to discuss with you about. So that's where we are at now. So, uh, but we'll, we'll still end earlier than what we normally do, which is a good thing. But let me throw out, Jeff, uh, some of the guys that are in competition with uh, Lomachenko in uh, some possible fights. Obviously, uh, what gets lost on all this is the guy already has have a, a, a loss, although, you know, against Salido. And Salido is still a formidable guy, maybe a rematch uh, down the line there. So, I mean, he used those rough-ass tactics. So I thought that was a close fight, but I thought Salido edged him. He, he was very... Uh, he used some of those rough, rough house tactics, those illegal tactics that you uh, might want to see, and he wound up getting a decision. Wide so, uh, rule interpretation. Yeah, and then you know you have some really good champions uh, sharing titles with Momenchenko at 130. You got uh, Miguel Perchelto who just won a wonderful fight against Vargas on HBO. Uh, you got Gervonta Davis, who's who's a great talent. You got Corrales uh, moving up and at lightweight. You got a lot of possibilities. It looks like Lomachenko wants Mikey Garcia. That's what it sounds like. I'm not sure that's going to happen right away. It looks like uh, Garcia and Linares are on a collision Certainly all of those guys are uh, very good fighters. Momenchenko, what I do like about him is he seems to be willing to fight all of them. Whether they will be willing to fight him, I don't know. But all of these guys that I just mentioned, different styles, different versatilities. Uh, but, you know, it's not like he hasn't lost. He does have that loss on his record. And, uh, you know, but uh, that seems to be eons ago. And he seems to improve. It seems to have improved a lot since then. Uh, you know, not a normal guy. He's not going to... Uh, dominate a Gary Russell Jr. like he did. No, there's, there's no doubt about it. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not. He's not talented. I'm saying that that uh, uh, people are going about it the wrong way. You know, it would be different if they went into it and had no idea who he was or anything about him. But they know uh, all about this, and they're still they're still trying to box with the guy. You know. Now, uh, granted, some people don't have the uh, the slugger gene, the uh, uh, rough infighter gene. Okay, got it. But uh, uh, I, I can't figure out why anybody would try to box with the guy. Uh, you know, I, I, that would be out the window for me right off the bat. You know, it's okay, let's let's see what he can do with being hit in the body. You know, uh, the body's going to be there where the head isn't. And um Trying to land body shots from the outside is not the answer either. I, I, right, I right, could, right. I, you know, throw hooks from while well, he's on the outside and, and, and to the body, and, and he he just 
takes a step back and and makes you look like a fool. You know, if you're going to fight him, I can tell you right now, uh, for for myself at least, I I can only look at these things like I like I would view them, you know, as as a fighter, and I would toss out right away any cares about how I look. I mean, it might make me mad, but I'm not going to fight this fight thinking about how I look to the viewing audience, you know. Oh, I don't want to throw that punch because I'll miss it and I'll look stupid. Well, you're going to look stupid anyway because you're going to be on the end of every shot he throws all night if you stay out here on the outside. Uh, The first thing you have to do is overcome this mental thing about not wanting to look bad. And I think that a lot of people are going in there with that idea that I don't want to miss shots. That a fighter like Lomachenko will climb in somebody's head before he ever gets in the ring with them, and they're going to be worried about missing shots. And you have to toss that right out the window. I, I'll miss a hundred if you let me if you let me hit him with fifteen. Right, right. Good point there. I also think another big conundrum is that it's so hard to close the distance on this guy. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, maybe it looks, uh, appears that these guys are trying to box him, but it, it, I don't know how easy it is to close the distance on him. But as he continues fighting, I think he is going to be fighting very good fighters who are at the top of their game as well. So we'll definitely see. But uh, I definitely... I haven't seen uh, anybody slipping shots. I see people... Right, right. Boxing up, uh, I, I should call it boxing up. They're 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 boarding up. They're they're covering their hands over their head and covering their vision. And he has he has no worries about a punch coming back at him because they can't see him, and they can't see him. So he can step off and and do these do these things where he looks just absolutely. I mean, he is. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, he is a great fighter, but uh, they're they're more worried about not looking bad. I, that's I I know I'm stuck on that, but that, that it's just they don't want to be hit and they want to uh, not miss him, and it just it's just not going to work with this guy. You're just going to have to be mentally strong enough to allow yourself to look bad. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see. Uh, hopefully, he fights another two or three times uh, this year. Probably two one uh, two times is probably more realistic. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely see. Let's switch gears a bit. We are now in the uh, the archive portion, so nobody's hearing this live. But uh, thank you if you uh, listen to the archive and you got this far into the show. That's a a big plus. We appreciate it. Uh, but. Uh, Big fight this weekend, Mr. Boffins. I will be there in Brooklyn. It's a really nice uh, card. You have uh, Charles Hatley against Charlo, which should be a good fight. King Kong Ortiz is on the card. Amanda Serrano, a good-looking female uh, fighter who's making a name for herself fighting in Brooklyn. But everybody is talking about the big one, the main event, Porter versus Berto. And uh, it's weird because a lot of people that I speak with, or most people, think it's a Porter win, a high percentage Porter's going to win this fight, but also a can't-miss action fight. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with either point, 
But it wasn't that long ago where everybody thought that uh, Mayweather choosing Berto as his final fight was an absolute insult. So how are we managing to sell this guy Berto uh, against Porter? I mean, not to say Porter and Mayweather are on this, the same level, but, you know, it's still Porter's a top-level guy fighting in a main event against Berto. I mean, you know, I don't think Berto is that bad. I don't think he has much of a chance to win. But I, I just, that kind of a gap there, you know, from point A to point, that was such, and I don't disagree. Mayweather should have probably fought somebody else, but he learned, in the way the boxing world is now, he learned a long time ago his status and pick who he wanted to fight, and he has done that. And he did pick some tough fights, Canelo, obviously, Maidana. I didn't think those were easy fights for him to take. Uh, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say other than the fact that it seems like a little bit hypocritical that you're going to shun that fight, but then tell us that this is a great fight that's worth our time. So I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle of both points, but I want to get your take on that and what you think of uh, the fight. Well, I don't know anybody who is picking Berto. Um, I, I, I believe putting myself in his shoes, I would go in and, and, and do my absolute best to make cool out of it. And, and, I, and what I've seen is working very hard. He's never been somebody who showed up out of shape, though. Not, 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 not the way that I've seen. I, I should, I should, I should qualify that. Somebody might, might have seen him show up. Not, uh, not looking too good. But I've never seen it. And he's a professional fighter. Uh, I, I don't see much of any way that he wins this. Uh, just, just on paper. But uh, maybe he could come up with maybe he could come up with this effort, you know, in in the last few stages of his career. He's had some he's had some wars, you know. His eyes have been swelled up pretty bad. Uh, uh, we we saw how good Porter's chin was uh, in the in that war that he had with. Uh, uh, okay, come on, help me out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank. With Dennis, Keith or, or, yeah, with with Thurman, with Keith Keith Thurman, uh, he he caught big shots. He walked through them. He's in incredible shape. He's incredibly strong. I thought Berto was uh, uh, incredibly strong, but I think you know Porter's even got him beat there. Uh, I, I I can't see. Uh, it, it might just be. Uh, great effort from Berto to last in this one. Uh, I can't see any way that he wins it. I'm just going to – my call would be by decision. But uh, uh, I, I, I see what you're saying about picking carefully. But uh, it, it is business, I guess. You can go ahead and, and you know, have the – Everybody deserves a, a what they would call an easy one, I guess you could say. But uh, if if Berto has he's he's always showed a lot of pride when he fought, and he he might show right. up with more pride than, than sense, and uh, he might he might make it a fight. It might be a little bit 
you know, I, I just don't see how he can win it. He, he, he's, he's given up, you know, age. He's been in wars. He's shown a propensity to slow as of recent. He doesn't have a shot that, that even determined this. You know, I don't see how he can take him out. I don't see how he can win by knockout. You could say, you know, he could he could have that uh, Herculean punch, but uh, you haven't seen that kind of ability out of him, you know, to, to come from behind and, and win by knockout. I, I, I guess I just, I, I, I'm like you. I'm kind of disappointed that uh, uh, it wasn't more of a con. I guess you could say on paper it's not more of a contest. But then again, you know, he did give us this fight of the year candidate with Thurman. So maybe maybe he deserves payday. That uh, you know, it's not a uh, uh, life and death struggle. Maybe I had to cut him some slack. Right. I think it's an interesting fight in the sense where, while I I heavily favor Porter, I give him about an 80% chance of winning, but I I don't subscribe to the belief that Berto does not have any chance, and I'll explain why. Uh, Even though I thought Thurman won that fight, uh, it was close. I thought Thurman won a clear but close decision against Porter, but I think for the most part, that fight was fought on Porter's terms. Thurman beat Porter, but Porter fought his fight. And he was a little bit more, uh, he wasn't as wild as he he was in the past. He was a little bit more controlled version, but I thought Porter, that fight, I thought Thurman fought Porter's fight, but he still won. Berto and Porter, if, if Porter gets to fight his